Hey everybody and welcome to the Dark Cast. This is episode number 94 and I'm your host Jonathan Miley. Recently, uh, myself and Brian got to sit down with Paul Tro, who is the CEO of Replay Games Incorporated and he's also one of the head guys that's uh, bringing back Leisure Suit Larry. Uh, now you may be thinking, why would I want to listen to a interview about Leisure Suit Larry? Well, if you think that the previous two games that have come out for the Xbox and Xbox 360 and all that are Leisure Suit Larry games and this is exactly the interview that you need to listen to. Uh, also, if you want to find out more information uh, about Leisure Suit Larry on Saturday, which as of this going up is tomorrow at 10 o'clock on Reddit, there's going to be an AMA with Al Lowe, who is the uh, the original creator, who has also you know been brought back on with this project. Uh, also, just so you know, in the interview, whenever we say Al, that's who we're talking about. Anyway, if you want to find out more about Darkstation, you can find us at darkstation.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at darkstation underscore com. If you haven't yet subscribed to us on iTunes, please do so while you're there. Give us a review. And finally, if you want to drop us an email, you can do that at podcast at darkstation.com. Uh, all the information about Leisure Suit Larry and Replay Games will be in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. And uh, we really hope you enjoy this episode. We had a lot of fun. Now on with the show. Paul, thank you for joining us today here on the Darkcast. Um, glad to have you aboard. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I thought the craziness would end after we shipped the game, but uh, I well, was now the, now the true craziness begins. Yeah, I know. It's all the logistics of shipping. I don't even know how many SKUs we have. Um, PC mm-hmm. uh, and PC d- uh, download, and then Steam. Um, then we have Mac, iOS, and then Android. And then on Android, we're doing three different stores, the Google Play Store, the Amazon Store, and the Samsung Store. And then we've got it in English, French, Italian, um, and Spanish. And then um, we're adding Russian and Polish, which didn't make it into day one launch, but um, we're integrating it right now. So hopefully within the next, you know... 15 or 20 days we'll have all that stuff in okay wow, wow that's <laughs> i okay I, i'd be pulling my hair out too all right <laughs> no i have chronic migraines um and um i did have you ever got have you guys ever heard of 23 and me it was started by sergey brin's wife uh i have not, no no oh it's a um it's a dna testing thing where um you the, you know you pay 99 dollars and uh, you spit in it. They send you this test tube, and you spit in the test tube, and they send you back all these, you know, the results of your of your DNA test, and it tells you, you know, like where your ancestors are from. So I'm, I, I have heard of that kind of test before. On I think it was Radio Lab. They were talking about it one time, but so I sort of know what you're talking about. It's it's but. it's really cool actually because. Um, they tell you like they they give you relative information up to uh your fifth cousins 
Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, you can contact these people. I mean, uh, granted, they have to have had, you know, taken the test as well. Mm-hmm. But you'll be amazing. You'll be amazed at how many fifth cousins you have. And they show you how the cousin thing breaks down on the family tree, mm-hmm. um, which makes it really cool. Um, but then, yeah. And then the report is something like 500 pages. And it shows you, like, you know, what you're more prone to and what you're less prone to. And on mine, it was like, you know, migraine headaches, like, you know, 1.7% of the population. And it said you are, uh, and it had a red flag next to it. And it says you are 6.7% prone to, percent prone to migraine headaches. And that was like my largest one. And I was like, well, they're right. It's, it's <laughs> telling this to you while you have a migraine. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's really good because I had an amazing team. Um, so whenever I was, you know, out of commission, you know, everybody kicked into high gear, which is, you know, you, you can't do a game like this and have as many SKUs without an amazing team. So, sure, you know, it, it was really everybody kicking in and, and, and doing mo- way more than I think they ever thought possible. I mean, I think we pushed people way outside their comfort zone and, and they and they really, really shined. So. It was not really. It was really nice to see, and it was nice to see everybody rally around this dream. You know, not my dream, but the dream called Leisure Suit Larry. Well, awesome. Um, so, just before the interview, you were telling us about how amazing of a a boss that you have, unless you work from home sometimes. Uh, so, so what do you do at Replay uh, Games? Incorporated? I own the company. <laughs> So um, you're the you're that boss. You're that boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it is good to be king, sir. <laughs> you know, dude. There, there, I, I I can debate that. I can debate both sides of that because uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's everything falls on my shoulders, so to speak. Sure. Send the buck definitely stops here, and if it's good. Somebody else usually winds up taking credit for it, and <laughs> it's always it's always my fault, always. So the the best days are ones in which you're actually not recognized at all. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Hopefully, except for today. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, uh, since you're the CEO, how much interaction do you have with the the development of games like you know Leisure Leisure Suit Larry? Um, we, um, so I first signed the rights to Larry back in, it was, I think, August of 2012? No, 11. Okay. 2011. Um, and, uh, first, at first I wanted to do is I wanted to re-release the original, uh, the original franchise, one through seven, excluding four, of course, because there was no four. Um, and I did that on a couple of different channels and and it did okay, you know, like, couple thousand dollars here a couple thousand dollars there mm-hmm. um but then um uh, you know i i saw i see a lot of movies doing remakes and some some games doing remakes as well so i went i called al and i said what do you think about doing a um a reloaded version of leisure suit larry one you know, with the intent on how, depending upon how well it does, we can redo, you know, two through seven. Because back in those days, I was a beta tester for Sierra since I was 13. Okay. Um, and back in those days, we really didn't know how to design games. And the, the people that we had designing games were, you know, yo- local yokels. Like, I was a school teacher. 
Um, and, you know, Scott and Mark um, from Space Quest lived in Oakhurst. Um, so, you know, and, and the designer of Police Quest, Jim Walls, lived in the same town as well, you know. So so there was no really book on, on how to design or how to not design games. So we made a lot of mistakes. I think Police, uh, I'm sorry, Legacy Larry 2, we made the most because that was the, the game in which if you didn't do something right a long time ago, um, you could save the game and then, um, and then, you know, an hour or two later, uh, realize that you screwed up and it was a dead end. Mm. Yeah, so, we're, <clears throat> we're actually talking about old um, adventure games just before the we started recording that you could do that, and it's like that's one of the most infuriating things. Oh God, <laughs> tell me about it. I mean, you know, and they definitely told us to save early, save often. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I remember filling up my, I had a PC junior and I remember filling up the screen with save games and I got to one point where the, I think the, the max was like 10 or something like that. And I got to a point where I completely screwed up and I didn't save, I saved too much. So I, I couldn't go back early enough to resave the game. So I had to start the whole game all over again. Oh, yeah. Tell me, talk about pain, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, out of everything that that that's come and gone with the the days. That's probably both the the, the worst defense that an adventure game can make nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's just that that point of no return that you don't even know you've passed. Yeah, first world problems. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, very much so. Uh, so can you give us a little bit more backstory? Um, in, what, you said 2011, you got the rights, talked to Al about, you know, um, restarting uh, or remaking this first game. What what was kind of the process after that? So the first person, um, the first person I went to was Al, because um, him and I are really good friends. And then I said, you know, um, uh, who do you think we should bring onto the team from, you know, from the original days? And and he listed off a bunch of names, and I called everybody, and you know uh, a bunch of people were you know had their own thing going on, and some were working full time, and so I called the core people who I knew, you know we couldn't do the game without, and that was uh, Josh Mandel, who was one of the writers at Sierra, and and he 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 did a lot of writing for um, for Space Quest, he did almost all the writing for space quest six. Um, and then, um, he helped out on leisure suit Larry. And then he definitely, and he helped out in the end at, uh, on, um, uh, Freddie Farkas frontier pharmacist. So, um, so he's, you know, he was familiar with personalities because I don't know, in, in this business, the people part is definitely the hardest part. So I wanted to, you know, and I wanted to make sure that we had a great team that all got along and, you know, nobody's egos were in the way or anything. And then I called Leslie Balfour, who was our producer, and she was my producer right before I left Sierra. And she taught me pretty much everything I knew about how to produce a game. Um, and she was in. So once I got once I got Alan, I was able to get Josh in. And once I got Josh and Alan, I got Leslie in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that form, and, and then myself, of course, and, and that's the core team right there in terms of, uh, design. It was all, 
oh, I'd say 99% Al and Josh. And, you know, I threw in a couple of things here and there. Um, uh, the, the character definitely, like the final character that I wanted didn't look like um, the way I wanted Larry to look. He, he was too happy. He had a smile walking around the entire time. And I was like, Larry, Larry should... does not need a smile. <laughs> yeah, he's smiling. He's, <laughs> he's being dumped down, you know. Anyway, so, um, yeah, and, and they're, they're great. I mean, Al is, you know, one of the best designers, you know, as, in my opinion, in the world. Um, and he's just uh, the biggest, nicest guy you'll ever get to meet. You know, never, never an ego, you know, always uh, what's best for the product, what's best for the company. So um, Al invested in the company as well. Um, and then, uh, so did Josh and then, um, you know, we, uh, hired out from there, but definitely everybody on the team, uh, is definitely a huge leader to Larry fan because, you know, I didn't want anybody on the team that, you know, was just doing this as a nine to five because it, you know, you'll get burnt out working 18, I mean, 18 to 36 hour days. Yeah, you got You have to do what you love. If you're if you're not invested in a project, especially one like this, um, where you're you're kind of remaking a classic, if if you don't have your heart in it, there's it's going to show in the final product. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. Uh, so uh, now you're the the CEO of of Replay, and at least on the Steam page, it lists. Um, was it Infusion uh, Interactive as the developers? Yes. Uh, so what what is the difference there? Are you part of the same company, or how how's that relationship kind of work? So Replay is strictly a publisher. Okay. It's the second company that I've owned. I started a company in 2003 called Pulse Interactive. Um, I was basically, before that, from 2000 to 2003, I was representing developer mobile developers um, to get their games published. And if you remember during that time period, we were talking about the black and white phones, Mm -hmm. um, like the clamshell Motorola StarTac, if you remember that phone. Um, And people were still playing games on those things. Like uh, the first game from, uh, well, at the time it was, um, uh, oh, they sold to EA. Who was it? Oh, Jamdad. Jamdad released a game called Gladiator, which is a black and white stick figure game, you know. Um, and then that was really the launch of, of cell phone games. So I was agenting, and then uh, one of the guys at Verizon said, you should stop doing this bullshit and start a label. So I, <laughs> so I created a publishing label and uh, basically hired um, studios to do development work or... I took games that were already in the market in other locations, other countries around the world, and brought them into the U.S., ported them to all the phones, and then launched them through our distribution channels. Okay. I sold that company in 06. Uh, I took two years off. Um, my accountant said, you know, um, you've got to non-compete for two years anyway, and these people are going to pay you, you know, to, to stay out of the business. So just... You know, hang out, go to conferences. You know, keep your finger on the pulse of the industry, and and then you know, start something up in '08. So in '08, I thought that I wanted to run a development shop. Um, I was clearly wrong. Um, <laughs> I thought I wanted to, you know, design and um, and and produce and direct and do all that great stuff that I used to do for the first 15 years of my career, and I loved it. 
Um, but uh, it's changed so much. And I forgot, <laughs> conveniently forgot, how many egos there are in this business and how easily people's toes were stepped on and all that bullshit. So that lasted two years. I, we, did, we, we developed a bunch of products, a bunch of iOS games, um, a couple of Android games. We did a Wii game. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, it was Wii, iOS, and Android, basically. Um, we hit uh, number four on the charts, or number five. We were under Angry Birds, Cut the Rope, Fruit Ninja, and then it was us. So we did a game for MTV called Potty Racers, and um, they paid a, and I'm not going to tell you how much they paid us, but it was like less than minimum wage over the time period that we spent on this stupid thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it shot to number four when they released it, and then it won Game of the Year from a sister station, a Nickelodeon, right? No, wow. no, 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 uh, no false uh, or uh, what do you call it? fraud going on there. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Went, <laughs> that sounds clear. completely legit. <laughs> exactly. 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 I was. I wasn't complaining. Uh, and it shot to uh. number four, and it stayed there for over a month and a half. They put TV behind it and everything, and then I used the success of that to uh, to grow um, the company. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm done developing internally. You know, I'm I'm good at one thing and one thing only, and that's publishing. So mm-hmm. when it came to Larry, um, you know, I we had to find not only a studio that could do Larry justice, but can, you know, really do a phenomenal job. And we interviewed, I guess, I guess this is the pr- appropriate word, um, over 20 different developers um everybody from you know australia new zealand to you know russia to poland a ton of people in the u.s several people in south america and we had settled or we thought we had settled on this one group in tel aviv Mm -hmm. and they had helped us with the kickstarter and i met the guy at gdc the year before and um uh, we I had really gotten you know he was a really nice guy I got to know him you know really great personality um, and uh, you know convinced us that 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 their studio was the studio and they're huge adventure game fans and all this and we went forward with that and I think probably the the best money I spent on the project was the I think ten thousand dollars that it took. Uh, it took me to fly everybody out to Tel Aviv before we signed the contract with them um, to get to know the team and to talk about design and how we're going to change the design and what's going to work and what's not going to work. And then uh, the culmination of that would be signing the contract. And what we found was that the company had no employees. The, the, the guys, the two guys we were interfacing with were, not even employees. They were, you know, our equivalent to our 1099s. Um, and not only that, they had no funding. So when we were there, there was like 30 people there. And I had not known any of this. And, um, you know, they were going around the room introducing who they are and what they did and everything. And I'm sitting in the back, you know, um, just quiet, nonchalant. I got my Birkenstocks on. It was really hot. <laughs> 
in uh, June in Tel Aviv. And uh, uh, and I was sitting next to a girl who wasn't saying anything. I said, so, I said, so do you work here? She's like, oh, no. She's like, my boyfriend is hoping to get a job here. I was like, oh, cool. I guess he's always interviewing. She's like, yeah. I was, I was like, oh. I said, um. I said, so what do you do? She's like, oh, I'm, I'm just sitting sitting here, you know, uh, so it looks like they have more people than they actually do. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's, 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 like, she's like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm one of the people that you're trying to look like you have, you have more people, too. <laughs> wow. You weren't supposed to tell me that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. Ugh. So, um, so we had a we had a uh, come to Jesus meeting with the two guys and their investor, and I said, "Listen, I said, you know, for what 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 concerns me most was the was the 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 deception. That's a little alarming. I know you guys really want the job, and they honestly they did a great prototype. Their prototype that we showed in the Kickstarter video was the one, you know, it was like a one room demo that I had asked them to make." Um, and they did a, they did a fairly decent job. I'm, I'm much happier with what we have now, but they did they did a pretty good job. And I was you know I was really looking forward to that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it came down to you know me saying to them, I said, well, listen, you have no money in the bank. What happens when you don't hit your milestone? Because we all know you know games have a tendency of being late. Um, so what happens when you don't hit your milestone and you don't get paid by us? How are all these people going to get paid? And the investor said, "Well, I'll 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 cover you know their their uh, their overhead until their the milestone is met." And I was like, "Well, you know that's nice and all, but it that it's that's not enough to give me the warm and fuzzy." Yeah, you know it really wasn't. Um, so we left there, and and the, the he had an interesting tactic of negotiating. The investor said. Nobody's going to leave here until we come to an agreement. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah, and I've I've seen that tactic used before, and Josh and Hour were looking at each other like, "Oh my god, you know, <laughs> is, this, is this really happening?" <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, so uh, we left, and you know, we told me think about it and everything else, and you know, we we met, and uh, one of my advisors um, actually. Um, was Peter uh, Vesterbacher that said, "Paul, um, it it comes down to one thing and one thing only: Are you willing to bet your company on these guys?" And and that that was the answer that really did it. And 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 you know the answer was, was an obvious no. You know, I, I th- th- this is not just a game. This is a game that I've been working on getting the rights for for over ten years. Mm-hmm. And working at a deal with Codemasters, you know, for two years on everything from merchandise to you know sequels and spinoffs and and uh, you know um, broadcast rights and whatever else. So um, it just you know it just it did it. My gut was telling me no, and so we had to continue our search. And Josh had suggested, you know, he said, you know, Paul. I don't know if you know these guys or not, but there's a studio right down the road from me um, here in Albany, and apparently in Albany, right down the road means uh, New Jersey. Um, yes. <laughs> that I've been working with a lot. Um, you, you may or may not have heard of them, uh, Infusion Interactive. 
And I was like, Infusion Interactive. I'm like, why have they heard? Why have I heard of that game? So I went to their website, and it turns out that they did uh, Deepak Chopra's Leela for THQ. Mm-hmm. And I really found that interesting because I look at Flower, Journey, and and Leela as three games that give me inspiration to create games that are outside the box. Because mm-hmm. cause Flower and, 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 uh, and Journey are, are kind of like genre-less games. Um, and, 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 and Lilo is definitely, you know, like a genre-less game. Um, and, you know, you don't see very many of those. And, and, you know, Journey did very, very well, but Lila didn't. Um, and when I spoke to Jeff, the CEO at Infusion, he's like, you know, man, he's like, we figured people are either going to get it or they're not going to get it. And, you know, we're, we're kind of in that, in that time period where a lot of new age stuff like yoga and Pilates and, you know, and, um, naturopathic doctors and everything are, 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 are more, you know, coming into reality and, you know, people are starting to trust mediums and things like that. So, you know, if, if, if we hit that crowd and we're successful at it, then we're going to have a hit. If we don't hit that crowd, then we'll just have a great game that, you know, was way ahead of its time. And yeah. I think I think that's what they had was a great game that was way ahead of its time because yeah, oddly enough, actually, I own that game. Um, yeah, and um, I, I bought it last year during my quest, my one man quest to save THQ. Um, yeah. I, I failed that quest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I put it in there. I played it for like it's an no hour. Jonathan. Yeah, I, it was. Uh, but I played it for like an hour, and I was like, man, that's really neat. I, I need to play that some more. And I I, I haven't it back in my xbox so. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's um it's kind of like meditating you know, yeah. you know you know you're supposed to do it but you never do mm-hmm. you know like i'm supposed to meditate at least 15 minutes a day and somehow i don't find time for 15 minutes a day i'm so retarded how can i not find time like to take care of myself for 15 minutes i'm always you know taking care of other things like the company and putting out fires and you know whatever um, and I don't find that 15 minutes for myself, which is odd, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those types of things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so, so we met, you know, we met, I, I, I flew up to, actually I flew out from casual connect to New Jersey, um, to meet the guys and to meet the team. And, uh, they're just phenomenal. Uh, what Jeff built there is a really great family atmosphere, um, they did an iOS game called I think, Air Wings or Pilot Wings, um, something like that. that. That won Editor's Choice Award from Apple and all this great stuff. Um, and uh, you know, I I didn't want to insult them, but I said, you know, listen, you know, I know you guys have been working with Josh over the last ten years or so. You know, um, would it be insulting to you to ask for some type of uh, you know one room demo like we've been asking for everybody else? And they said, no, you know, we we love Leisure Suit Larry. Like, everybody here is, like, stoked to, you know, get the chance to work on this. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, so is everybody, so is every other studio that we talk to. Every studio that we spoke to says, oh, we can definitely do this game. We love Leisure Suit Larry, you know. And they come up with a prototype that, you know, my dead grandmother probably could have whipped up in Photoshop in 10 minutes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, and these guys got it and, uh, you know, and they, and they were actually, um, 
uh, more expensive than the guys in Tel Aviv, but uh, I think it definitely shows. Like you pay, pay for quality. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and what's interesting enough. There's an actual studio there to yeah. make the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that, and there, there, it sounds like that's um, not really a big issue, but it really, it really is, especially being on the same time zone, you know, and, you know, being able to pick up the phone at one o'clock in the morning and call them and knowing it's one o'clock in the morning and not, you know, 6 a.m. or 8 a.m. when they're asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're not asleep at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you kidding me? I, I think the earliest we've all gone to bed in the last four months was something like 3 a.m. or 2.30 oh or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely... It it it's we we it's definitely um, a labor of love because nobody would do this for a work for hire gag. Sure. Um. So. Uh-huh. Oh, Keep going, go ahead. No, you uh, got it. Okay. Uh, I was just gonna ask. So, um, Al and the other people from Sierra that she brought back from the original games, uh, did they work for replay or were they brought on to Infusion? No, no, they're all um, employees and investors in Replay. Okay, gotcha, cool. All right, uh, so how long, uh, I guess, Replay's been around since you um, you said this was your second company that you started up, so it's been around for yep. since, what, 2008? May 2008, uh, yeah, I sold, okay. I sold Pulse Interactive in August of 2006. Okay. And I started Replay in May of 2008. And uh, just, you know, how big are you guys? Where are you located? That kind of stuff. So um, our headquarters are in Austin, Texas. Okay. And we've got, let's see, myself, Jeff, John, um, Billy, and Mary. Five people here. We've got Al and Britton in Seattle. Um, Josh is in Albany. Um, and Leslie is in San Francisco. Okay. Um, and what, what other games have you actually, uh, published, uh, besides, obviously, the one, the one, right, the one right before, um, Leisure Suit Larry was Top Shot that we did for the History Channel. Okay. Um, so, like the, uh, uh I'm sorry? The Top Shot, is that the, was that the Sniper Show? Uh, yeah, where you, where you were basically a, um, uh, whatchamacallit, like a, yeah, not a sniper, but you compete with other contestants, uh-huh. um, for the best shot, you okay. know, and they were basically like mini games where like one of the challenges was they would have a jar at the end of a long rope and, you know, from, I don't know, like 3000 feet, you had to shoot the rope so the jar would drop. Okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> that's just one of like a ton of them. I think we have like twelve in there, and it was from season four, and they're on season five now. Um, but we didn't get authorization to make the game uh, until December, and they aired it in February. Oh wow! I know it totally sucked. <laughs> that's crazy fast. <laughs> I know. So it's there's a season five, oh. which is airing now um so we're still seeing residuals because of the game we created last year for them okay 
Uh, now, looking at your website, you do have a couple of other games like um, the Oddworld uh, games listed. Um, uh, kind of, what, what's your relationship with that kind of stuff? Um, I've known Cherry for at least oh wow. Well, I was at um, Infograms when um, we acquired GT Interactive. GT Interactive um, published Oddworld One and Two, mm-hmm. um, so I had a relationship with her because when I was at Gremlin Interactive, which did Grand Theft Auto, was the big title there. We also did Lemmings and a whole bunch of other titles like Sand Warriors and stuff. Um, but um, we got acquired by Infograms because of the GTA brand. Um, Accolade got acquired. Uh, GT Interactive got acquired. Um, I forgot what else. And then they bought the Atari brand, which I thought was kind of cheesy. Um but my role there on the business development side was to take our games and bundle them with either computer manufacturers or video card manufacturers or whoever. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of bundling of various titles and therefore had a lot of developer contacts. So um, when Intel told me they had this great platform that they were building called AppUp, where they were ba- basically going to have a, a store that resided on all netbooks and ultrabooks and everything else i totally drank the kool-aid which uh well i'm on record so maybe i shouldn't say anything about that let's just say um (laughs) we published over 49 games 49 or 50 i think 49 was the end number um onto this intel app platform that were all branded um and the royalty checks were in the hundreds of dollars per month. For all 49? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that's painful. <laughs> and then I, I, I they, they told me that it was being their their app store was being pre-installed on every single netbook. This was 2010. Mm-hmm. 2010, yeah. Um and I wasn't seeing really anything in terms of revenue. I had, I think, maybe 10 games live. And I went to Best Buy, and I, 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 I went to every single netbook, and I took pictures of the start menu mm-hmm. and of the desktop. No pre-install. Exactly. And I sent wow. them all to Intel. And I was like, where are the pre-installs? And, of course, I got no answer. Mm. Yeah. The, the revenues were answer enough. <laughs> Man. Yeah. That All right. Is, so talk, talking about some some labors of love, let's let's talk about Larry. Um, the where you're you're about you're definitely entering a generation where the last things that people have heard about Larry were Magna Cum Loud and Box Office Bust. Does A that break your heart a little bit? And B, um, how do you convince people that that's not really Larry? Um, in Harry Potter, there's a character where, <laughs> um, they say, uh, they talk about him as the person whose name shall not be named. Uh-huh. Um, and that's how we talk about those two, three Xbox 360 games. They just, <laughs> under the rug, we don't talk about them. They, they, okay. They, they never, you know, that's a good policy to have for those. They, they never, yeah. they, they never even existed. Al, Al even 
call them up. It was it was Vivendi that did the first one, mm-hmm. and he called them up and said, "Listen, you know, I um, I created this franchise. I created these characters. You know, um, I'm sure you have a development team on it, but you know, I would love to help out in any way, shape, or form. You know, in order to keep it true to its franchise." And they never got back to him. Wow. And they released, uh, it was Magna Cum Laude, and that tanked. And then Vivendi was in the middle of releasing another game called Box Office Bust. And um, that was by the, after that, it was when Vivendi had purchased uh, a majority stake in Activision. Mm-hmm. Um, so Activision didn't want to publish the game. So they were, they were, willing to sell it to other publishers and uh codemasters said we'll publish the game if we get the ip with it and codemasters published box office bust and i think game trailers gave it a zero out of ten or something like that or a 0.5 out of ten and saying this is the worst game we've ever played in the history of our careers don't waste your penny yeah, um, it was it was it's pretty bad. Yeah, I I didn't play Box Office Bust. I played like five minutes of Magna Cum Laude or Magna Cum Laude, however you pronounce it. Um, and uh, I I yeah, I was I like this game sucks, you know. And I handed it back to the person I borrowed it from. Thank God I didn't spend good money on that title. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so um, you know, it was. It was when when we announced that the original team um, is back together. Uh, it was a huge homecoming with all the fans. People were telling us that the, the the fan email came out of the woodwork. You know, I mean, Lar- uh, Al used to get you know maybe ten to twenty emails a week, and. Uh, after we made that announcement, he was getting hundreds of emails a week. And then I started getting emails, you know. And then so we decided to build a Leisure Suit Larry fan page. Uh, we, had a re- we had a Replay Games fan page. We decided to build a Leisure Suit Larry Games fan page so that, you know, everybody can get addressed and email doesn't get lost and everything else. But we made it a point to answer every single person's email. And the number one email that we got Besides the people that said, oh, I loved your game, even though I, I pirated it back in the day. <laughs> uh, besides that one, the, the number one email that we got was, I loved your game so much, it taught me how to speak English. Really? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, wow. That's nuts. That people would go, go through a game like Larry and suffer through trying to figure out what was going on because nothing of it at its time had existed. And we're talking about thousands of emails. Wow. Yeah. And we still meet those people at events, you know. Al was in, um, he was in uh, Berlin for the Quo Vetus conference, and he met a ton of people that had told him that in person. That That's probably the one reaction I, I don't think I ever would have expected to get. Yes. That's, yeah. that, that's, that's pretty nuts. And it's nice when, you know, um, and still to this day, people are, you know, tweeting at us and saying, oh, my God, you know, you, if you look at my Twitter feed and my P. Trow Twitter feed, take a look at, 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 at people that are just like throwing um, the most 
the nicest comments in the world at us, you know, and of course, you know, as an artist, you're never satisfied with your work and it's never done. And of course I'm not satisfied with it. And of course it's not done. Um, I may, I may be patching the freaking thing for the next five years, who knows, but, um, uh, it's nice to get, um, people that are really true, um, fans of the game telling you that you did it justice. So it, it's, it's very, um, very, uh, gratifying and uh yeah, yeah it, it it's makes us very happy to see so this is a, it, it it's an adventure game i've gotten a, i've gotten a chance to sit and play about 20 minutes of it and i managed to kill myself with the toilet already um, <laughs> <laughs> which i found pretty surprising because it kind of slaps your hand for being uh, correct and flushing when you go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah exa- was... exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly and I, I was I was kind of thrilled with the uh, with the achievement pop up for that too. Um, but oh, what that's, is, a, that's uh, an unach- that's an unachievement. An unachievement. <laughs> We're the first game in history to give unachievements. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> if you, if, yeah. Did you you play your obviously you played it on Steam, right? Yes. Yeah. Notice you don't get any points for that. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kind of a let you know that you did that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Nice. We could have written into the whole. We could have written our own achievement and unachievement thing into the game, but it would have cost, you know, like a hundred thousand dollars more of money we didn't have because the game <laughs> three months late. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I mean, playing it and having played other adventure games like recently, um, this it's kind of old school. Um, and I, uh, you know, I know. Um, I read an interview that Al did where he was talking about going back and fixing a lot of things that um, that he didn't like from the original game. Um, and, you know, the original game was text. Um, the updated 1991 version kind of moved into the whole mouse point-and-click era. Um, this is probably the first game I've seen in years that actually deals with kind of the old-school icons and, uh, you know, choosing to talk to somebody or, or uh, you know, choosing the walk, choosing the touch, choosing the see, rather than just having that all kind of handed to you. Yeah, um, I'm gonna blame that on Josh. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's gonna hate me. Uh, <laughs> Josh uh, is our chief creative officer, mm-hmm. um, and he was really the director of the game. Um, uh, we did a, a previous game called Fester Mud that we released in February, which was also um, an adventure game. It, but mm-hmm. it was an, it was an homage to adventure games, mm-hmm. so it was three twenty by two hundred pixels. Oh, and wow! I know, and there, was no, <laughs> and there was no voiceover in it either. But yet we have, I think, like four point nine out of five stars on iOS. Um, okay. Uh, and I would have liked to have seen, and it, it looked exactly like the Scum VM engine. Um, or the scum engine rather, um, because it had like the icons like look, touch, whatever mm-hmm. on the bottom, and then you, you click. Um, I would have liked to have seen a hybrid between the two. Um, uh, for for iOS, oh, actually, and for PC, um, they took my advice. Prank Entertainment was a developer, and they took my advice, and they um, they used a, a plugin for Unity called Easy GUI. And uh, I asked Infusion to do the same thing. But I think I liked 
the implementation of Easy GUI on Fester Mud better than they like the implementation of Easy GUI on Larry. Um, or, or actually, a mix of the two, I think, would have been the, would, the, would have been the perfect answer. Okay. Yeah. I can definitely see that it takes it takes a little bit of getting used to it. I mean, I, obviously, I'm only 20 minutes in. I'm not I'm not making any judgment calls on it yet. Um, but it's 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 kind of it's it's weird because it hits that like nostalgic place of uh, of right after um, you know like King's Quest went into uh, the whole point and click stuff when you had your you know you did the the selecting of the inventory and doing that kind of thing. Right. Um, <clears throat> so it was it's. It's interesting. It it it, it was it kind of uh, when I went through the tutorial with with Al of all people walking you through you know kind of the way things work, um, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, it, it was it was a little it, it was a little jarring and unexpected to see those like come back and I'm like oh man they, you know this is reloaded this is kind of old school what's going on here. <laughs> are you playing it on a touch screen or are you using a mouse? I'm using a mouse. It uh, do you have a touch screen? PC? I do not. It's totally different on a touchscreen. Really? Yeah, because there's no mouse, right? Uh-huh. So wherever you touch, this radial menu pops up. Actually, I think you can do it with the uh, if you hold the left mouse button down. Yeah, you can. You can generate the radial menu, or you could just use the uh, uh, you could right click and just cycle yeah, and through, and the, uh, cycle the, through the icons. Right, exactly. Yeah. So so the same kind of thing happens when you when you touch the screen. The radial menu pops up. Um, and the way they did it is, um, let's say you touch the door, the radio menu pop up, and then um, you have a choice of clicking any of the icons. So, you know, if you click the, the hand icon, it'll open the door, mm-hmm. for example. Or if you click the eye icon, or if you drag your finger to the eye icon, then it'll open the door. So, a much, much different experience. I, well, the one thing that I like about the game is, is not that it's not a race to the finish type game. Um, kind of like the road to Hana, right? It's like once you get to Hana in, in Hawaii, there's nothing there. There's like a little shack that sells like plantains or something. But along the way, it's like a three and a half hour trip from, from, uh, from, you know, the, uh, from the, from the bottom of the Island up. And it's definitely the journey that, that is the best part of it because, there is so much humor and so much dialogue packed into this game that um, you'll miss 90% of it if you just try and race through and, 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 and you know, get Larry a date, so to speak. So, um, I'll give you an example. Like, in the secret bar, in the secret room behind the bar, there's a cat, and the, the body is shaved because you can see the shave stubble. Uh-huh. And the head of the cat is not shaved, and it has nothing to do with the game at all. But if you if you use the look icon on the cat, it says somebody obviously forgot to shave this pussy. Classic. <laughs> and then there is a rooster head in there, and if you look at that, it says, "What? It's a cock head." <laughs> or the head of a cock, or something like that, you know. <laughs> Um, and using the vibrator in the uh, the blowhole of the whale is another classic. I'm not going to ruin that one for you, but I, I will look out for that one. <laughs> yeah. Doing stuff that you're not supposed to do is probably the best. I mean, when I first when I when I got to play the first version, the first playable of the game, 
that had uh, no 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 VO, but it was all text. Uh, when I first got the chance to play, I spent four hours inside Lefty's bar, and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "I wanted to get through the game, and here it was three o'clock in the morning." I'm like, "I got to go to bed." I'm still got... here. I, I just got here. I know. I know. Because Josh made every single thing in the game clickable with every single icon. <laughs> and, that, and that poor bastard he wrote himself into the ground. Because <laughs> once the game shipped, he, he put his away message on, and we haven't heard from him since. <laughs> <laughs> There's no words. He's, he's meditating somewhere. He, he's, he's doing all your meditation time. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, now I'm gonna definitely. I have to. Uh, I have to go through all that stuff. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. If it's gonna work on everything, that's oh, use use the hand icon on the uh, skin magazines in the bathroom. I did. Okay. Yep. There's like seven different responses. Oh, see, I didn't even know there were that many. I tried it once, and I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty neat. And I, you yeah. know, I went and I looked. I didn't you know, kind of reach down. That was after. That was after the, uh, the the toilet incident. Yeah, seventy <laughs> spunky, uh, yep. Jewish, Japanese, and that's the one I got. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's wow. <laughs> and then if you have a if you have a high res monitor, you could actually look on the wall, and there's a phone number that you can dial at the payphone. On the wall where all the uh, like the scrawls are next to the toilet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, little st- little tiny stuff like that, you know. In one of the Kickstarter pledges, um, we give them a, a, a Leisure Suit Larry condom um, with the warning label on the inside that says, um, "If you want to hold on a second, I'll go. I'll go get it. You want to hold on a second? Absolutely. Sure." All the Kickstarter <laughs> items are in my house. I have no house. Everything is piled in boxes from floor to ceiling. So hold on, I'll go get the condom. No All Condom break number one is over. What, what What's have we that? Learned? <laughs> I said condom break one is over. What have we learned? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the outside of the packaging says Peter Parker condoms. Park your pita in a parka. And <laughs> on the inside, it says this breathable mesh condom is uniquely designed for comfort and maximum sensitivity. Do not use it as a birth control device. Do not use it to prevent the spread of disease. Use only for pretending you're a responsible sex partner. Can you? Can I ask you guys to hold on one second? Sure. Sure. Thanks.
right. So, um, you mentioned the uh, the number that we're not mentioning as kind of like a bonus for the Kickstarter folks. Um, you guys also hit a milestone for an extra character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to uh, just talk a little bit about that? We did an AMA and uh, during the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and we threw it out to the fans um, because you know they the backers have, you know, have had some really great suggestions and some really lousy suggestions. <laughs> so it's the internet, it's folks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, um, Al said, you know, and everybody was asking, you know, um, what's the nationality of the girl going to be? And I was like, that's, a, I was like, that's a good question. He's, and he asked uh, the Kickstarter backers, he's like, what nationality do you guys want her to be? And I swear, man, I don't think there was any other answer other than Asian. Wow. And it was, it was like, I was like, okay, it's like, really <laughs> that you guys want an Asian girl, so we will deliver an Asian girl. Her name is Jasmine. Now this is an addition, like the since this is like a. a, a it, I, we, we, I mean, obviously, you guys call it reloaded. Is it more just like a remastering of the original, or we had uh, you know, for the five hundred thousand dollars that we mm-hmm. would that we raised, we were planning on just redoing the game with the same dialogue, um, with the same rooms and the same you know the same puzzles and everything, but just with better graphics mm-hmm. and with voiceover. Um, but every fifty thousand dollars that they hit over, we would give them something more. So they hit $653,000, and at the $650,000 mark was the extra girl. The, the $600,000 mark was the two extra rooms. The $550,000 mark was all new dialogue. Wow, okay. Poor, so, poor Josh. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so... Uh, uh, yeah, we we um, we had we, so we had to obviously modify the storyline and plot to uh, include Jasmine. Uh, was that like a how big a deal was that? Um, it was a pretty big deal. Fairly big, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had to redesign the game because originally it was just there. There were just the four girls, so this mm-hmm. is like you know, obviously it's like a whole other a fifth to this. Yeah, um, and she plays a great part too. Let me tell you. And when you get to the close-up of her, you're you're gonna be like, "Holy shit!" Well, you probably saw it in screenshots already, right? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. I, oh. I, I haven't done anything but the 20 minutes I played. I try Uh-oh. to try okay. to stay away from a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you're gonna like. So the first girl, um, Faith, uh, Faith or Fawn, um, Fawn, uh, in the ball in the disco is a gold digger, and she. Um, you know, you can tell, you can see right through it. First, she thinks he's the biggest dork in the world, and then once he says, you know, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I've got these boxes of chocolates. She's like, I love chocolates, Larry. You're the best. You know, and <laughs> and and then she, you know, she's like, well, you know, she's like, a girl always wants a diamond ring. You know, which is the one you probably found the in the one bathroom. you found in the bathroom. Okay, yeah, right. Gotcha. So um, anyway, so there's other things, but um. Each girl has her, her own characteristics and her own style, and uh, I like Fawn the best. She's definitely my favorite. She's sweet, young, innocent. You know, she's totally unaware that this loser is trying to pick up on her. Um, 
you know, and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it for uh, for Jasmine. For Jasmine, yeah, that's that's the new one. We'll hmm. we'll let that go. Um, obviously, there's back. You know, you guys went through Kickstarter. Um, you got it backed. Uh, what what was I mean? You you said you worked for ten years to get the license, uh, like kind of back under your roof, um, so that you could control it. Um, what what made you guys decide that that now was the right time for Larry? Well, it was because I got the rights, really. Okay. I mean, I've been trying since 2000, since I split off on my own, to get any of the rights to any of the Sierra properties. And um, Vivendi held them for the longest time and told me that they were in the middle of doing remakes. I remember talking to Tom Pettit, who was like a VP of BizDev over at Vivendi, and I was like, you guys really need to do a King's Quest, you know, and you could do it cross-platform as well. And he's like, he's like, oh, we're already working on it, you know. He's like, we've got plans in motion, and, and nothing ever materialized. And you know, and and as the years went on, you know, I just kept hammering away and kept hammering away. And I saw John Stanislaw from Activision uh, at Casual Connect 2011, and uh, I said, hey, listen, you know, I'm 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 licensing all these games for Intel's App Store, and it's going to be awesome, and da da da. And, you know, I'd love to get the original Sierra games, you know, just the originals up on there. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, no problem. Absolutely. You know, just get in touch with me after after the show, you know, and we'll get it done. I was like, oh, my God, yes. So I called him up and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, um, uh, uh, management is wanting $500,000 advance and at least 50% revenue share. Whoa. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what management is smoking, <laughs> but they're not going to get that out of me, and they're not going to get it out of anybody else either. And he's like, well, he's like, you know, you could always try for Leader Solari. And I was like, what do you mean try for Leader Solari? He's like, we don't own it. He's like, Codemasters owns it. I was like, no shit? He's like, no shit. So... Well, why am I still talking to you? <laughs> the CEO, well, John, John's a good friend of mine. John, I, so I called up Rodney Cousins, who's the CEO of Codemasters, who I worked with indirectly because I was doing deals for them um, mm-hmm. when I was a consultant between 2000 and 2003, um, licensing games you know, for mobile and whatnot. Um, Rodney was running Acclaim UK. And Rodney mm-hmm. was pretty much the only one at Acclaim that I really, out of management, that I really had respect for because he was the only one that had honesty and integrity and, you know, did what he said he was going to do. No bullshit, you know, no um, yes on the phone and no later, you know, which was very typical of uh, claim management at that time. And I'm not going to name names, but, you know, um, you do your research on who those people were. But, um, uh, so anyway, so Rodney and I had established a really good relationship post-acclaim days before he was asked to be CEO of Codemasters. So when I saw him at E3, I was like, Rodney, I have a really huge favor to ask. And uh, he's like, yeah, shoot. And I asked him, he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, that's an easy one. He's like, it's in our back catalog. We're not even doing anything with it. I was like, oh, my God. And I, <laughs> I hugged All him. All these years of struggle. <laughs> I hugged him, and he, I wouldn't let go. And he's like, I can't breathe. <laughs> so, All uh, these years of struggle, worth it. Worth it. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. And 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 the, 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 to top things off, he's the nicest guy in the world. So he's like big, he's a he's a big sweetheart, you know. And he's and he's and he's uh, in charge of Codemasters. So anyway, so yeah, he's uh, great to work with. 
So uh, you, you did get backed on you know Kickstarter, um, but what what kind of made you want to do Kickstarter rather than just kind of take the effort that you would have to put into a Kickstarter and just kind of put that you know towards a game? Uh, obviously, it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of money to to campaign it correctly. Um, what what was the draw there? Um, well, we had, um, gone out for angel investment, um... Uh, what, to, what does that mean to... Oh, so we put a business plan together mm-hmm. on how to make money off of making this game. And, uh, we took it to various groups. We took it to, in, um, angel investors are basically, uh, high, well, the official term is called high net worth individual. Okay. A.K.A. rich people. Um, gotcha. So there are groups of those people in various cities, and we had taken the the business model to them, and you know nobody wanted um, a hit driven business, right? They all want a business that's going to skyrocket, like Google or Facebook or you know mm-hmm. any of the above, um, and and nothing really panned out. I mean, nothing panned out. I went to Intel first, and I was like, hey, listen, you know. I spent over a million dollars getting 49 properties up on your platform and, you know, recouped probably about 10% of that. Um, uh, it would be really nice if you guys invested in our company so that we can remake this great brand. And I did the round of interviews with Intel. There's like three of them. And then I finally got the phone call from uh, the ma- one, of, one of the managing partners and said, you know, Paul, he's like, you've got a great company. You've been profitable every single year, which is, you know, unheard of when you start a company in the height of an economic, global economic recession. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we're not going to invest in a company that is developing and publishing Leisure Suit Larry. We're just not going to do it. So, and that was the week before Dice. And Jeff Keeley, who does a thing for Spike TV called Game Trailers, mm-hmm. um, he was also a teenage beta tester for Sierra, and um, he invited us to do um, a, a, a five-minute spot on game trailers. So Alan and I flew out to Dice, and I got there a day early because I always have like a plan A, B, and C. You know, Al decided to arrive 35 minutes before we were supposed to go on air. <laughs> and it takes 30 minutes to get from the airport to the Red Rock Hotel, which is way out in the middle of nowhere. It's like on the border of Las Vegas and uh, Barstow, I think. So, which is like in the middle, of, you know, between L.A. and, and Vegas. Um, so anyway, so... Uh, uh, so um, when, we, when I got Al to bring him up, you know, I had I had seen that Tim Schafer had started this thing called Kickstarter, and um, he had he had made his goal in like four hours or something like that, and I it was unheard of, and I had heard of Kickstarter before, but I'd never known anybody that actually did it. I thought it was for you know like artsy fartsy types that were trying to make like, you know, Eskimo poetry or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't. That's not my line, by the way. That's from. The- <laughs> Um, but, uh, um, you know, it turns out Tim Schafer was doing this. And when I was uh, walking Al up the escalator, Tim was being interviewed by Stephen Totillo of Kotaku. And Tim just left the interview and ran up to Al. And Al ran up to Tim and they hugged each other. 
and and it was like a reunion of you know like a adopted son and mother or something like that and uh <laughs> and we were talking about how much he made on kickstarter and he pulled out this piece of paper he's like as a matter of fact in the time we, we were talking uh i just raised eighty thousand dollars and, and Alan and I looked at each other and we were like holy shit and Tim's like you guys should really do this and we're like uh, we just got done being rejected by a handful of investors hell yeah why not do this <laughs> give it to the people right you know and you know and, and the bottom line is if they want it they'll pay for you know they'll pre-order it so and that was really a good way to validate the business model mm-hmm. um, and uh and we sat at lunch and we thought, you know, do we hurry up and rush to get it out or do we do a really good job on the video and, you know, price the tiers correctly and do it and do all that and then get it out? Because after the success with Tim that Tim had on Kickstarter, we knew a bunch of people were going to jump on that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we knew that we didn't have, you know, more than a month or so. And in that month, um, uh, Brian Fargo came out with Wasteland, mm-hmm. um, and at first I, I called him up and I, I and asked who I was, I was texting him. I was like, "Dude, I'm like, you have all these million, tens of millions of dollars from Interplay. Why are you going to Kickstarter and asking for money?" And he's like, "Well, he's like, I don't know if it, if the game's going to fly or not, you know. And Kickstarter is the best way to let your audience decide not only if it's a good idea." <laughs> but also to be part of the game. And I was like, wow, that really makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, um, with, with the limited resources that we had, I, for $1,000, we were able to get... A, a, friend, a, a really good friend of mine is a very well-known producer in Hollywood, and I called him up, and I said, you know, um, we have no money, but we need to do this Kickstarter thing. And he's like, oh, he's like, I know the perfect person. You need to call so-and-so. So I called his friend, and I was like, well, how much, you know, do you think this is going to cost? And he's, and he's like, well, he's like, I, you know, he's like, I know what it is to be on a tight budget, you know, and I work with a lot of indie film developers, too. Um, he's like, if you supply the plane ticket and the, and the, the night in Seattle, you know, I'll I'll shoot the thing. I'll do the green screen. I'll do all the post. I'll do the, you know, the VO and um uh and I'll you know only charge you a thousand dollars, and we were like stoked. And we even got blooper reels with with that too. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we that's were, not a, not a bad deal. Yeah. No, no, it was a really good deal. You know, and we couldn't afford much more than that anyway at the time. So it was yeah, <laughs> very fortunate. All right, well, uh, I think we've had a great interview so far, but it's time to kind of get to the tough questions. Um, question. Yeah, question. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, a lot has changed um, kind of in, in culture in the past 20 years when uh, Leisure Suit Larry originally came out. A lot's actually changed since you guys did your Kickstarter campaign. Um, there was the whole deal with the uh, Tropes versus Women um, Kickstarter and kind of the backlash against that. Uh, and so I guess what I think a lot of people are wondering is how how does Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry fit in today's gaming landscape? That's great. I'm so glad you asked that. Brenda um, 
well, her last name is now Ramiro, but um, Brenda at GDC of this year resigned from the Women in Gaming Special Interest Group because, um, what was the reason? It was, oh, because at the IGDA party, one of the sponsors had scantily clad women. And it was, you know, since IGDA was a sponsor and, you know, IGDA, Kate Edwards, who's, who's the chairman, she's chairwoman, she's amazing and wonderful and an awesome friend. Um, she had no idea that, that their sponsor was going to do this. And Brenda, you know, put up a big stink. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was more about the publicity than, you know, the statement. But she could have made the statement another way. But she, res- you know, she resigned her position as um, board member of the women's uh, special interest group for the IGDA. Um, so, you know, um, when we spoke about this internally, we thought about that type of thing happening to us, you know, like one million moms, you know, boycotting Legion to Larry or something like that, um, which, you know, in reality, one million moms is probably two lesbians in, in a house, twi- you know, with 25 Twitter accounts. Um, but, uh, you know, they're very vocal. <laughs> Be the worst lesbians ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and just to throw it out there, I'm not against lesbians because I'm gay. So uh, lesbians don't hate. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so um, so we thought about it, and I, I remember at Sierra when we released a game called Phantasmagoria. Um, it was so gruesome. There was a rape scene in it. It was so gruesome that uh, CompUSA, which was one of the biggest retailers at the time refused to buy it and that was devastating to us because they were you know 50 percent of our sales and um what we did was we put out a press release stating that comp usa refuses to carry uh phantasmagoria and sales went through the roof so we figured, you know what, if that happens to us, let's just put out a press release saying, you know, one million moms or the Westboro Baptist Church or, you know, pick your fanatical group of the day, whoever it is, um, is against Leaders of Larry. Let's just put out a press release. But um, in preempting that, I spoke to my friend Belinda Van Sickle, who's the founder and chairperson of Women in Gaming International. And and I and I let her play the game before I had my conversation with her, and I said, "What do you think?" She's like, "Man, she's like, this is the best pro women game ever." I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "The women in this game are the most powerful, and they're and they're the ones that are turning this loser down." So, it's not about you know misogyny; it's more about women having good taste. <laughs> And I was okay. like, shit, man, I would never have thought you were going to say that. So, so we, you know, our PR guys said, you know, oh, this guy from Forbes wants to do a piece about, you know, sex and video games, you know, um, and, uh, you know, he thinks it's controversial and all this other stuff. And I was like, you know what? I have the perfect person to be on that interview with me. <laughs> so Belinda and I did an interview uh, with Forbes. <laughs> nice. 
Um, all right. So, wow. That, like, that, damn. Okay. Wow, that's that's that, that 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 quotes like that's that's really the perfect quote about it, and and especially <laughs> just the the like you know in the twenty minutes of the listed to all the responses that she gets from Larry's cheesy lines, the uh, the girl in lefties. It really is like you know she's she's on top of the ball and she's she's not fooled by any of that crap. That you know what? That yeah, okay. I, you know, I could buy that. Oh, totally. Have you have you tried using the zipper icon on her? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm the guy that flushes the toilet in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> you gotta use that zipper icon on everything you see. Okay. Okay. So especially. So Especially the, especially the moose head in lefties. Oh, okay. <laughs> the moose response. I'm a little scared to find out how the moose responds. Uh... <laughs> this, this is fantastic. But it, it is a dead moose, you know, so. <laughs> it's a moose head. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? That done. Uh, that, yeah, that's okay. I'm good for that. <laughs> All right. All right. So, well, at the we're kind of reaching the end here. Um, I like to do kind of uh, uh, inside the actor studio, kind of end with a questionnaire. Um, I call it a lightning round. Uh, it's six questions. Um, you've definitely got a history with gaming, so this should pose absolutely no problem to you. Okay. All right. Uh, so, first question. Um, who's your favorite video game protagonist? Who's your favorite? Your good guy, your anti-hero, the one that you uh, you always go back to. Um, <clears throat> hmm, it's a good question. Um, wow, you're making me think now. <laughs> Well, we say this part is easy, but the last couple of yeah, interviews, yeah, this sure. is actually the most difficult part. <laughs> yeah. um, not my hero, the protagonist, right? Yeah, the protagonist. But you know, the the the, the one the story is about. Um, I mean, Kratos is definitely not a hero, but he is right. He is the protagonist of his stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't doubt that certain people would call him a hero. Yeah, um, I might. It's I, I think hands down it's got to be King Graham. Okay. Yeah. All right. So on the opposite fl- the, the flip of the coin of that, who's your favorite antagonist? Um. It's got to be Slash Vohal from Space Quest. Okay, I like this. All right, all right. Um, your fate outside of Larry. Your favorite um, adventure game? Favorite adventure game of all time outside of Larry. I don't think Larry would have been my favorite all time adventure game. Any. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just you know, it's just I'm not being you know, it's it's not about you know towing the company line. It's just about honesty, sure. integrity. Um, uh, I think it's got to be King's Quest Two because it was the first game I beta tested. Alright. My first King's Quest was uh was six and then I had to go back to play the others. Yeah. They were worth it, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. they were they, they were definitely in a class all their own. Um at, in one of uh, you, okay. 
Um, I know you guys hit the uh, the, the the milestones, um, and you 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 were forced to kind of uh, to you know to, to to change things up, much to uh, uh, dialogue chagrin. Um, they, Al had also mentioned that there might be some puzzles that were changing. Um, yeah, but, all all the puzzles changed. All, what's were there any that were kept, and if so, what's your least favorite one that was kept? So we're gonna do a spoiler here, then, right? Sure. Um, my least favorite one that was kept was that um, you got the diamond ring, the candy, and the rose from exactly the same spot. Hmm. I thought that was really lame. I thought we could have gotten a little bit more creative than that. So the the diamond ring always shows up in the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. All right. And it's, I mean, it's obvious. It's not even hidden, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, in the original Lucy Larry, you had to read the magazine, or it was called the Ball Street Journal at the time, <laughs> um, in order to get the password. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. You had to read the, the wall. You had to look at the wall. And on the wall, it said, Ken sent me. Um, and that was a secret password to get into the back room. Mm. Um so, you know, we obviously changed that, and we, and we changed everything, really, except, you know, that one, um, that one puzzle I just, I just talked about, which was, uh, you know, getting those three. And like I said, we, we could, I mean, I think we could have done a better job at, at least, you know, hiding the ring. I mean, it's, as soon as you walk into the bathroom, it's it, like... That's the first, the first thing, thing I noticed. I know. the ring sitting on the sink. Right, exactly. Before I did anything else, that was the first thing I grabbed. So I, I absolutely see what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The moment I walked in the bathroom, I was like, "Oh, that's probably important." Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what outside of publishing? What profession would you like to attempt? Um. I, I've never, I've never even thought of any other career other than um, being in the video game industry ever since you know I was a preteen. Um, but, uh, in college, I, uh, I started, um, a little company called the FSU, Florida State University, the FSU, uh, computer doctor. Mm -hmm. And I went from, you know, dorm room to dorm room fixing computers at $50 an hour with a one hour minimum. Um, and that, cause I, I started out with, you know, um, just, you know, $50 an hour and breaking it into 15 minute, 15 minute increments. Um, but then I was, I was flooded with calls on, you know, Oh, you know, my modem's not dialing or something like that. And it would take me five minutes to fix, you know? Mm-hmm. So with the one hour minimum, I, um, I, I, I weeded out all the people that weren't serious to all the people that were serious. <laughs> So, you know, from like, oh, I can't install my printer driver. So even if it took me five minutes to install their printer drivers. You were getting 50 no matter what. 50 bucks, right, exactly. So um, if I ever stopped making video games, I'd probably go back to, um, you know, consulting on uh, computers, either on a personal level or on an enterprise level. So I, I just love everything to do with computers. Uh, Definitely a piece. Right there with you. Yeah. All right, last question. When you come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom and Toad looks over all the deeds of your life, what do you want him to say to you? I'm so happy that you gave it 100% 
24 hours a day, seven days a week of your entire life. That's the first real, like, non-funny answer I've gotten to that question. Thank you. Yes. That's, that's excellent. <laughs> that's awesome. It's it's dude. It's it's about passion. You know, yeah. if 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 you're not if you're not doing what you love, you know, and you're not giving it your all, why why do it? And yeah. it, surprisingly, I learned it from when I was working at Burger King. I was fourteen year, fifteen years old. And I'd faked my working papers so that I can, I, I pretended to be 16 so I could get a job. And um, uh, I was taking out the trash and I probably had this scowling look on my face or something. I was doing a half-assed job and, and one of the older guys came up to me and he was probably like a couple of years older than me. And he's like, dude, he's like, taking out the trash sucks and we all know that. But never do anything half-assed. Because, you know, if anybody ever looks back at you and looks back at the stuff that you've done, they're they're gonna they're gonna associate your name with whatever you've done. So if you're gonna take out the trash, take out the fucking trash and do it with pride. And you know, if you know you have to clean tables, clean the tables with pride. And that way when everybody, you know, says, you know, holy shit, look at that, who the hell did that? You know, they'll say Paul Trout did that. Um, and that that little thing from when I was fifteen stuck me my whole life. Awesome. That's inspirational advice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I just wish that more people would you know would take that to heart, you know, and 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 have the integrity that they claim to have. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that does it for this uh, this interview. Um, thank you so much for for being on with us and talking to us for a, a long time about Leisure Suit Larry and uh, replay interact or replay games. Um, if you could uh, tell the audience uh, where they can get uh, Leisure Suit Larry in the lounge or the land of the lounge lizards reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> A little that, bit of a tongue twister. A long name. <laughs> so we, we decided to call it Leisure Suit Larry Reloaded. Okay. Uh, uh, there was debate going back and forth about do we call it Leisure Suit Larry in the Land of the Lounge Lizards Reloaded or do we call it, you know, Leisure Suit Larry in the Land of the Lounge Lizards or, you know. So we just finally decided on a name, Leisure Suit Larry Reloaded. So just cut off that subtitle. That's good. No that's that's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell we're going to do for two, but um, one. At a time, one game at a time. Yeah, that's it. Um, you worry about that bridge when you get there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, if you guys could put in a plug um, for the game, I'd really, really appreciate it because um, this is definitely our critical time right now, um, and we, you know we're going to sell the most in like the first couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can they can download the DRM free copy from our website, which is replaygames.com. Okay. Or they can get it off the of Steam as well <laughs> if they want a Steam copy, and it's PC, Mac, and Linux. Um, uh, uh, Mac, I'm sorry, iOS and Google should be coming online next week or two. Okay. Yeah. All and right. please, if you like the game, please go to Metacritic and 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 create a login and and give and give it a score if you like the game. And if you didn't like the game, go rate God of War. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Noted. Well, thanks again. Thanks again, Paul, for joining us. 
and uh, we we wish you the best uh, with the game and hope everything goes well. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. I really had a lot of fun.